they? Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? No, they can't. Touchdown. Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Haskins spreading out, sets up deep. Over the middle. Touchdown, Buckeyes. Fields has time. Watches downfield. It's Olave. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the QB Draw. Uh, just like last year, here we are to dissect a brutal loss to uh, the Michigan Wolverines. It unfolded in a very, very different way than it did last year, but the result was the same in Michigan pulling away late and embarrassing Ohio State, uh, this time in Columbus, which uh, makes it all the worse. Um, I'm joined today to uh, sort of l- look through that corpse and uh, look ahead with uh, two alumnus of the QB draw. Ryan and uh, Zach, uh, you, y'all want to introduce yourselves. How y'all doing? We're in the Cavs Buckeyes coaching tree. A lot of people <laughs> were saying that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm Ryan. Uh, I am a co-owner uh, at meetatmidfield.com. Uh, the internet's really joyfully for me this week. The internet's only combined Ohio State Michigan football website. It's been really fun being on there for sure. Uh, <laughs> we do a lot of national coverage and Ohio State, Michigan, that whole nine. Uh, it's been it's been a great season. It's our first season. We'd like you all to come join us. Uh, I also host uh, Flipping the Field with Patrick Mayhorn and High Street Freaks, uh, which is an Ohio State podcast with DJ Easy Burns and Kevin Harish. Come on, man. You're stealing our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, my one question is, if you're still listening to this and you don't know who Ryan is, how the fuck did you Yeah, how did you find us? Are you the... <laughs> Are you I, the one? He's are the Welsh the guy. It's the Welsh people, guy. A lot of people are saying, unfortunately, you guys are my Parker Flemings. People, people mm. are saying that a lot. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you got promoted from inside the program. and <laughs> Does Parker Fleming still follow you? Uh, he follows the Flipping the Field uh, podcast account. Yeah. No, no, he, did not, he did not favor any of my tweets this week. <laughs> <laughs> How odd. He, he's uh, Yeah. How are you doing, Zach? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm very glad I was locked uh, this like past weekend. Read your read your 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 handle for the people. Oh, uh, Ryan Day to Hell. <laughs> That's where you can find the man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm just so glad I was locked because I probably would have ended up on an FBI watch list if I'm not already on one this weekend. Because that game was pathetic. Yeah. I, yeah. Un- unlike last year, where like. I thought Michigan last year was just a flat-out much better team than us. This year, like, I thought the teams were pretty evenly matched. and I thought getting... we were the better team on Saturday, if I'm being honest. And I know that sounds like insanely homer to say, but really it's a reflection on how shitty, I think, a game Ryan Day coached. Um, and I think Knowles, too. Knowles deserves a lot of blame. His yeah. game plan was awful. I, I agree. I think... I... Let's, yeah. The, the game plan I've gone back and forth on a few times. I've argued yeah. with myself internally several times here. Like, I think not adjusting out of the cover zero they were running late in the game was clearly a mistake. Like, at a certain point in time, it, when you had, like, a- after the first explosive, sure, like, shit happens, right? Sometimes you got to deal with that. But, but like, you, when you, it happened you, a second time and they still didn't adjust to that point, like, that's very frustrating to me, especially because McCarthy was, you know, he only completed 50% of his passes, right? He wasn't moving the ball downfield on them consistently. He just hit a few chunk plays. Um, yeah, when you go cover zero two, you give them that out, right? You you just have one person beat their man, and then all of a sudden, poof, it's like, sure. yeah. Like, like you that feel first so much explosive. Different. 
I, I don't like the play call on the first explosive. It's third and nine. Sure. JJ had missed like two throws already in the game. And it's third and nine. Like, are you really that scared of JJ sitting in the pocket, getting through his reads, making a clean throw, and the wide receivers catching it? Because on third and nine, at that point, Michigan had not moved the ball well. Ohio State had most of the momentum. You go cover zero on third and nine. All it takes is one man getting beat. On that play, two people got beat because I think Tanner McAllister in the slot got absolutely torched by somebody. Yeah, Robin yeah, Wilson. Like, yeah. It's like, I, I think blaming play calling is a very generic like soy boy fan thing to say but i don't understand going cover zero on third and nine against that offense yeah yeah i mean i think the rationale is just that pressure had been getting to mccarthy all day and he hadn't shown an out for it yet but obviously you don't need like you can get the fact they had been getting pressure by rushing four Mm -hmm. or five they didn't need to go cover zero to get pressure that's the most frustrating part to me is the way they went about doing that because i think they could have just very easily you know handled that much differently and obviously too like trusting these guys uh, this season and man coverage and a crucial down like that doesn't make any sense. Baseball. Yeah, the DBs are the Tim weak point, especially the cornerbacks. The corner, yeah, the corners yeah. have been hor- like literally the first play of the season was I can't remember if it was Burke or Brown, but he missed. No, he missed it, was, Loren- it, it was Proctor. It, oh, it was, was it Proctor on Lorenzo Styles? Yeah. yeah, he got Trent State to the bench. Yeah, or, no, I'm sorry, he, they didn't send it right to the bench. He came in for the he and then he didn't know what to draft. do. Yeah, he didn't know what the play was. And McAllister, who just been on the team for like six weeks, had to come tell him what the play was. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I mean, fuck, man. Like, like e- even the safeties, like on Saturday, oh, they were, were bad. They were so bad, and like I, I thought they were a pretty good unit far, going in. But here's point. why I still here's why I still come back to coaching though, right? Like if you have several players, several veterans across several position units all failing at execution at key moments, that is a failure of larger coaching and preparation mm-hmm. for the game. Like, if you say, sure, like, the corners suck, like, yeah, let's bring Tim Walton. If you say the play calls are bad on third down, let's let's fire Jim Knowles, whatever. But like, if we're looking at, like, every in like nearly every position unit had a major fuck-up at some point in that game, just a total, like, head-scratching, what-are-you-doing moment, nearly every one of them, except maybe wide receiver, and it wasn't like they were brilliant either, Right, like, what can you point to? It's like that's just a larger failure of preparation and coaching. Mm-hmm. That just they weren't ready to play that football game. They looked like a team that just hasn't been coached all year. They just looked oh, like they just yeah. looked like a, a miss. They just looked like a, like twenty two guys. They just said, "Fuck it, here's the field play." Yeah, which is, really, it's, which is wild because like the first drive, like the first two drives Ohio State had, especially on offense, they killed I, Michigan. No, they well, did. They came in with a good game plan. I don't know what the fuck Ryan Day did after that. Like he did that's his what usual. He always thing. does. He never goes back to the well. When yeah. something works, he never goes back to it. No, and, and it's because he wants to like he wants to look like a fucking genius, and he's I like I think he's like insecure or something. And I'm you know maybe I'm doing like crackpot science trying to psychoanalyze him, but I feel like he doesn't want to like be seen as the guy who calls two plays. But if the two plays are working, which like Ohio State like they were having a lot of success inside running the ball, and they had success throwing outside of the wide receivers. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, let's scheme some pick plays up for fucking Cade Stover. Like, man, I don't know. Um, which, is, which, Ezra, the, the wild thing to me is that he does that. And he literally got hired because he spammed nothing but mesh in 2018 against Don Brown's cover one defense. And yet yeah. now, as head coach, he is afraid to run the same play more than three times, even though they work. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, it's just... From the start, right? Like, like you said, you've got these three, those first two drives that were good, and yeah, the field goal. And the even, even the second drive, like as soon as he got in the red zone, his brain just went a wall. Yeah, well, that, it's been an unfortunate common. Too. It's been a very common trend against good teams. Ohio State plays that 
they get into plus territory and the offense just disappears. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I knew once, once Marv dropped that ball pretty early in the first half, I knew the vibe was just, Oh, oh yeah. Um, and because that was, that was a big, big moment there. Um, and then obviously like you, you get deeper into the game and how many Marv had zero targets after that, uh, after the, the the forty something or a touchdown. Play. He, had, he had one. He had one on the drive right before halftime when Michigan's DN dropped and almost kicked it off. Probably been a pick six. He had zero targets in thirty two in the last thirty two minutes of the game. Zero. For Crazy. I mean, of course, Ohio State was held to three points in the second half of the game as well, which is that's I mean, actually it's... insane. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I think where I come down to on field goal too. Like. Yeah. I think where I come down to on day versus like Knowles in terms of blame, like. Knowles definitely picked a bad time to have his worst game of the year. But where I stand, like Ryan Day's offense, which is supposed to be like the all-time vaunted, like number one offense in the country, blah, 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 blah. It consistently fails to deliver in these games. And and Knowles' defense gave them many chances to pull away early and like often in the first half. And they just couldn't capitalize on them at all. 100%. And by the time Michigan started moving the ball after the botched fake punt, which... I, I still view as cowardly because you, he doesn't understand game flow. Like if if our listeners don't know this, the punt on fourth and five that became fourth and eleven when Ohio State was down twenty twenty four on Michigan's uh, Michigan side of the field, uh, it, it looks like it was supposed to be a punt fake and that it would have actually worked had our backup long snapper uh, snapped it to Mitch Rossi and not uh, thank you, Kirk Barton. Yeah, right. Got uh, God, this one's this one's deep. This this yeah. is like this is like everything. This is Honestly, everything. I, I tweeted this afterwards, but really, you could make an argument. This whole game was just a, an exercise from God and ways to torture me. Like, oh, like yeah. me personally, like I know we've all we're all agreed on this stuff, but like the critiques I've levied at the program, like every single one of them that I've complained about all season, came to roost in one way or another this this season. Like you have mm-hmm. Parker Fleming fucking up like. Uh, the the field goal situation the uh, the fake ball situation you have Kirk Barton's like whole whole thing with the backup long snapper right you have uh you have Tim Walton's corners not being able to tackle you have like Ryan Day's red zone offense not getting fixed you have Kevin Wilson's tight ends making critical mistakes like every guy that I hate in this program dropped like fumbled the bag mm-hmm. it's it's insane literally every an argument for Mickey Marotti too because this team as soon say. as they went down in the second half they just look dead. Yeah, they, they looked like they'd had no mental toughness. You you yeah. got two running backs who are hurt, right? Like that that cannot play. Uh, sure, you know, Trey was never right. Like, and why was Myatt in that game? If he was that limited, why was he? No, he play? literally like there like there were big plays early for there him to break off, and he just looked slow. And like, I that's not his fault. That's on coaching. Like, yeah, there was there was one play I I don't remember. I think it was on the second. I know the one 15, you're talking about. Where yeah, they, where they ran it in Mayan. Instead of like setting up his block and bouncing it, he cut inside and got tackled by Mike Sanders still and set up a third and long instead of what probably could have been a touchdown if like an actual running back was in the game who wasn't hurt. Yeah, I mean Dallin Hayden not playing is is stupefied. Like two touches. The, two touches. It's the shit it's the shit they do all the time where like this this program I know it's gonna sound like lame to say, they overvalue practice reps. 
Like mm-hmm. they, there are so many young players that have put the highest has put in the field in recent years that just fucking perform. Like when you put them on the field, they just perform. They take care of it, and maybe they fuck up in practice, or maybe Dallin Hayden fumbles the ball in practice sometimes. Maybe Tyleek Williams isn't like perfectly conditioned in the fourth quarter, but like maybe Mike Hall is a little banged up. Like those guys, when you put them on the field, they get they the ball. job done in a way. Yeah, they fucking ball in a way that their their counterparts don't. And they just refuse. They, they, this team is obsessed with fucking, you know, goody two shoes, film time, and practice reps. Like they're the fucking, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady or something. Shut the fuck up. Like, just put the good players in the fucking field. You don't have any dogs out there. Like, you have a handful of guys in this team who actually care about winning. The whole, the whole injury management for the whole season, too, dude. Like, you could even take this down to the fucking right guard problems, right? Like, yeah, why? We, we were yelling about this for weeks, but like, they kept playing an invisibly injured Matt Jones, who then injured himself worse than Indiana game. Uh, or was it Maryland? Whoever, who cares? I think it was Maryland. Uh, yeah, it was Maryland. You know, his ankle had been banged up for weeks. They, they made him play through it when they had two guys who they had seen in different positions, but hadn't really tested Enoch Amahi at right guard, hadn't really seen Josh Fire play anything except tackle for a game. Like, instead of letting those guys get a tryout for a couple of weeks where you let Matt Jones get healthy and see if he can go or not for the Michigan game, they fucking played him through it and he got re-injured. And then they gave him a fucking critical a third down sack because Enoch Mahi got pancaked because he didn't have any fucking reps out there playing right guard. And they brought in Fryer the rest of the game. Instead of just playing Fryer, who's the better player the whole fucking time. It just so many stupid decisions across personnel, across injuries, across everything. Dude, when they announced they for months, a platoon, a platoon at right guard in the twelfth and like biggest game of the year is like insane. Like that's like everyone yeah. knows offensive lines are built on chemistry and cohesion, glue. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've the, the only the only pressure Michigan's created all season is successful interior pass rushes for Mason Graham and Mozzie Smith. That's all they've done, and that's exactly what they got home with because because he got fucking pancaked. Because he's also light in the ass, too, because he's not strong because the straight SEC program sucks. Go, going off what Ryan said, I forget if it was 13 or 19, but it, it was either 13 snaps or 19 snaps Mike Hall played in this game. And he is by far yeah. our best defensive tackle. And also, yeah. going off of like the, the red zone issues, in 2019, he scored 23 points against Clemson, lost. Although, I don't blame that against Ryan Day because J.K. Dobbins dropped a walk-in touchdown and feels over through Dobbins in the wheels. But, like, I don't blame those against him. But in 2020, Alabama, 24 points. Northwestern, 22 points. 2021, Oregon, 28 points. Penn State, 26. Nebraska, 26. Michigan, 27. 2022, Notre Dame, 21 points. Michigan, 23 points. And Penn State, 30 points. And there were multiple red zone failures. And this is supposedly an offensive guru, genius, best play caller of all time. Like, I think he needs to give up play calling because I think Jimbo Fisher in 2013 was the last head play caller as head coach to win a national championship. And that was a decade ago when I was in middle school. I'm now a junior in high school. We're, you know what? We're not, we're not college even. About how old you guys are again. We're not going to do it. Ryan and I yeah. have heard that one before. Don't do it again. Zach is in college. We're not having yeah. children on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> college. We want to clarify he's in college. He's in this is not the Tim Tim cast, but 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 largely agree. Yeah, this is this Tim Pool podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Zach is also Kanye West in the scenario too. Somehow, yeah. uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, am I am, am, am I go, am I going Deathcon three? Yeah, <laughs> Deathcon three on Ryan Day. Yeah, no. To the point about to the point about play calling, like, uh, yeah, you're correct. He absolutely should give it up. But I, I mean, I don't know about you. I have no faith that him giving it up would mean we'd actually get a good play caller. It would just oh, go no. to Kevin Wilson, who shouldn't be on staff. Oh, I agree. Although I, I think Kevin Wilson could be a good OC, but like 
at that point, like, why not get someone new? Because Tom Herman, I want Tom Herman. I don't know if he'll get a head <laughs> oh, coach. Ne- negative chance, but I would love to see it. <laughs> you got it. Well, so here's the thing. I think hire, hire, rehire Zach Smith too. Just let Tom <laughs> Herman and Zach Smith just have a duel at the end of every practice. Uh, we, I, I wanted to bring up a point on Kevin Wilson. Like, I think that guy should get fired almost immediately because his – What does he even do? Dude, if you – Like, Kate Stover had, like, maybe two or three receptions or something like that, but then Kate Stover had a 15-yard penalty. G. Scott had a 15-yard penalty. Like, on, I'm pretty on, sure G. Scott had more penalty yards than reception yards this year. Yes, I had the worst penalty I've ever seen. Like, well, and let's talk about. I mean, talk about G. Scott. Sure, that was fucking idiotic. But like, how about Cade Stover, dude? Cade Stover is the big tough guy. So hard. I mean, he was up until the the Wisconsin game. He played well, and then after that, he's just he's just been a potato since then. Yeah, maybe you you could maybe maybe argue Cam Martinez, but I would say Cade Stover was the worst player on the field on Saturday. His uh, blocking was atrocious, like just disgusting. Are, Which is so weird because it, up until the – like in the Wisconsin game, I, I had an eye on him because I think it was Dane Brugler. Like said, he was I, – I rewatched the game in Washington. He was dominant in line as a blocker. Then all of a sudden, we keep trying to throw him out in the perimeter, and he either is just injured not ath- or not athletic enough to block out there. And, and he has no form, too. There's also, we're not, we're not coaching him anything, too, because Kevin Wilson can't coach tight ends. Well, and think about the pivotal play of his game, right? Like he's got a ball, like and it was ended up being a decent knockdown. But Jesus, he he, well, he like, bobbled it first. He yeah, bobbled it. Looks if, if he didn't bobble it, he probably would have caught it because at least I'd assume he would because he has big hands. But he bobbled it. The ball was in the air. It went back into his hands, and then the guy punched it out. It was a great play by the by the DB. But the only reason he had a chance to make that play is because he fucking bobbled it in the first place because he's not good at football. Yeah, yeah, that, he that's, sucks, man. Yeah, it was like, it was and even just he got what seven or eight targets in that game too. Like the amount of targets he got compared to what he was producing when you have so many other players on, on the roster like this, like he, kept that I, on he had as many targets as Marvin Harrison Jr. in the biggest game of the year. I, I yeah. think that's all that needs to be said. It's fucking horrendous. And like man, like I, I, I realize they didn't trust many of the other receivers below the top two guys, which is like clearly why Julian Fleming, I mean, he got a handful of targets and Xavier Johnson did as well, but that's why guys like Jaden Ballard and, and the young freshman weren't getting any reps. But, you know, the reason they don't trust them is they didn't play them at all in other parts of the game, right? Because, they, they, I mean, they didn't play them in blowouts very frequently. Uh, oh, they, they didn't have any chairs in way too frequently. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, like, it, what's the point of developing and recruiting all this wide receiver talent if you don't get these guys live reps, like even Marvin Harris went the season had like two games of live reps last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like games that actually and, matter. And, and only one, and one of them was just because uh, Wilson and Olave just didn't want to play in the Rose Bowl, which I don't blame them. It's a meaningless game. Right. Well, that's the thing too is like you can you you don't have to do platoons at the wide receiver position, right? You didn't you wouldn't have to leave Marv and a Mecca Buka off the field or Flem- I mean shit. We should be giving Fleming reps to anybody but Fleming, but. Um, you know, there, there's ways to get creative around this stuff, and they just refuse to do it. And it just reminds me of that 2020 season where, you know, you've got, like, very limited very limited reps for and, and very limited development for the next, next generation and the next class that's up. And, like, I mean, luckily you've got receivers that are returning next year, so that's, that's some talent there. But, like, you've got now you're bringing in a hyper-talented wide receiver class – in a portal that is more active than ever, right? How are you going to keep four to five 
high four-star receivers a year. Honestly, if- I will be so mad if Jaden Ballard leaves the portal. Not at, not because, not at Jaden Ballard, but because I think that dude is game-breaking speed, and I think he barely mm. played this year. I don't know. I, he he's. I hear what you're saying, but he does not look like these other burners we've had previously. Like he, like you watch him play. I don't think he looks anything like Jamo or Alave or Devin Smith looked in terms of just like. I don't know, man. That guy, he has long speed, but he's not very sudden. Like he's not, he's not getting by anybody. He also is too light in the ass. Like he's not getting off the line. Coach I think he's Andrew, a. Maybe. Yeah, I think he's like a he's a track star that's playing football to me. Well, but, that, but I hear that, you. Yeah, that remains to be seen. Um, yeah, I think sort of the way if I was going to put sort of my final thoughts on this game, especially compared to last year. Um, last year, they they were just like the flat out. They got outplayed. They got out personnel. Um, there was they had chances to win the game last year, but overall, Michigan just sort of dominated that game on the on the whole. Uh, this year, they. You know, if if Michigan people find this, they'll call me crazy. I think Ohio State was the better team on Saturday, and that uh, the coaches just uh, let them down because they had plenty of opportunities to put the game away, or at least like put the game lead in the first half, half or take a lead late in the second half, and the they just refused to. Um, yeah, and I want to touch on one thing before we go on, and and I think it's the idea of like this the coaching too, where it's like, there's this lip service that we were fed right after last year's loss, you know, all off season and all of this year, we were told, you know what this, you know, we've always been focused, hyper-focused on the game, hyper-focused on the game. And then you get to the game and and you get, you know, comments from like CJ Stroud afterwards being like, well, one game doesn't really define us. Ryan day kind of tried to poo poo it too. Like, it's just like, they don't get it. Either it's you or it's not, and I feel like at some point you're just like lying to people. Like, or if if you honestly hyper focused on that game, then everybody who is focused on it should be fired, right? Like, I I want to add one last comment. I don't know if you guys will agree, but I think the loss this year was so much worse than last year's because of course after after last year there were some pretty obvious things that we needed to do. So like the defense as a whole just needed to be completely revamped. Probably need a new offensive line coach. Well, not probably need a new offensive line coach. And there are some other things that we we called for that they didn't do. But you know, they they did something to change. Whereas this year is like, what the fuck are they going to change? Yeah, the answer they- is because the problem's Ryan Day, right? Like, like that. That's what it comes down to this year. Is the thing we learned is like, it, it is his overall program leadership and management. Like when his veteran players don't show up in the biggest game of the season, when his entire like his all of his game management decisions are, are essentially wrong, like. When his offense, you know, shuts down the slightest side of adversity, he turtles again and learn nothing from his previous games like this. Like the finger comes back, and, and I know, like a lot of the friendly media. I sorry, I'm just like fucking Donald Trump for a second. Like a lot of the fucking you know <laughs> state media around Ohio State have been furious to point this out, but like it just comes down to him. Like there's no one else you can point the finger at except Ryan Daly. Like, there's other. I mean, sure, there were guys who who fucked up too, but like they're all at a certain point. Like it's a culmination. Now come back to him, anyways. Yes, it's a culmination of four years of his decision making. Like I said, I said this on Twitter, on staff hires, uh, on on fucking uh, recruiting, on development, all these things, the culture, uh, on everything he does. So many of these problems we have bitched about on my other, you know, certain segments of the highest state fan base. For per, speaking personally, since right after the Alabama games, when I started a lot of these complaints, if not beforehand, 
it, this is what you fucking get. Like this is the like this is the result. Like this is four years, and all he used to show is one playoff win and two Big Ten championships. One of them in a fucking pandemic season where his best wins were fucking Northwestern Indiana by a touchdown each. Like that's that's the fucking best you've got after four years. What's the point of this? Like, yeah, like what's the, his best win outside of, outside of that pandemic Clemson win? Twenty nineteen Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that. Um... This year's uh, Penn State, uh, yeah, yeah, which like, isn't a good win. It's a fine. It's a game you're supposed to win. Well, um, like I, I think the other thing too is like, you know, last year you'd look at it and you'd say, well, you know, at least uh, JSN and and, and CJ Stroud and Trevion Henderson, these guys will be back. But like CJ's gone, and like I don't know what the future looks like. But in, in terms of like, but like again, where you're the quarterback guru, you've had a quarterback come out and lay an egg in two straight games against your biggest rival. Um, it, it doesn't exactly get me hyped for for Dylan Rayola or like. Whoever I thought CJ. I thought CJ played well. He had he overthrew. Yeah. He he had a couple mistakes. I thought he played especially well in the first half. Um, and then, you know, oh, say what you I want. CJ was completely let down in both games, to be frank. I, I agree. I, I think I understand the sort of criticisms about CJ, and I think they're legitimate and they contribute to the overall sort of like deflatedness of the team because oh, yeah, just, whenever anything goes wrong, he starts sulking. He puts his head yeah, down just like his head coach does. That matters. But, I, it does matter, dude. I yeah. think the emblem of the game is him begging, and he was he was doing it in his like trademarked whiny way. He was like begging Ryan Day to go for it on the fourth down, and I think that decision of Ryan Day to take that, the that offense, was the game. Well, that was the game. Not only opinion. not only that, but he, I think it sort of under, the fact that he wanted to take the offense off the field to fake a punt. Um, when the quarterback is running up to the line, trying to they have Michigan on their heels. I mean, they've gotten two chunk plays. Uh, granted, on second and like thir- thirty-two, yeah, yeah. and then whatever. But um, like he wants his quarterback wants to go get a snap off, and you know, I think with Michigan on their heels, they probably convert that. Um, but he's like, no, it's time for me to call my fake fake punt. He's like a ro- his game planning and game flow management. He's like a robot. He's like, no, now I have to do this. It's like that is a perfect explanation. He doesn't, he doesn't like get this context of a situation is like, all right, fourth and five plus territory time for the fake punt. And it doesn't really matter. Ryan's made this point on Twitter. It doesn't really matter that it botched the mistake. The sin was taking the offense off the field in that situation in the first yep. place. Yep. Well, and, and it's ironic too, because like you get CJ who's, who's also sort of like a robot in some way, like has this one moment where he like breaks his code and is like, begging to stay on the field saying, no coach, go fuck yourself. Like we're going to go and win this game. And they take the ball out of his hands. And like, again, it's just, it, it, it's disappointing. Like I, I think the the term that came into my mind was transactional. Like, and that's the feel that like a lot of this program has at the moment, right? Yes. Like they're, you know, CJ Stroud said like one game doesn't define him. And he's largely right because he's going to go on and have probably a great NFL career. And none of this. Yeah, Ohio- I'm not, I'm not, oh, I'm, me, not, I'm not high on Stroud to be honest. Yeah. To me, that game does define him. I actually would say like the fact that he is the first Ohio state starting quarterback and how long to never beat Michigan. Uh, that means a lot. Like, you know, in 20 years, the first guy to not beat Michigan, like he's that guy, he's the guy who started for two seasons, blew it to Michigan, didn't win the big 10 uh, never made it to the playoff and like it, it, the whole time like didn't really lead the team very well didn't really like improve the things about his game he was criticized on never like ran better 
Like, sure, he was – I mean, like, honestly, the critiques online of him being CJ stat pattern, fucking, they're right. Like, I don't – I will never think about him in the same light as the other recent good Ohio State quarterbacks. Like, to me, the conversation that involves, uh, you know, Justin Fields and Troy Smith and Braxton Miller and JT Barrett and, and Terrell Pryor, uh, like, Dwayne Haskins. And Dwayne Haskins, thank you. And Dwayne Haskins. He's not involved in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe him and Dwayne are the same tier, like, at the bottom of that group uh, with, with TP. But and JG, but Dwayne went, in, Dwayne went in like and I like I don't think the 2018 Michigan was as good as this Michigan and that matters. But Dwayne like had was like fired up and completely took like ownership yeah. of that game and had to come back in 2017. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. When JT yeah. actually, that's probably the that might be the more impressive of his victories. Is is strange as that is to say, given how great that offense was in 2018. Him coming in cold off the bench uh, when JT when JT got hurt in 17. Um, yeah, yeah, no. I, I I feel like Ryan Day's teams. It feels like they never come back. Like once they're dead, which is such a strange thing to say the, about a team that's gr- built around the past. But they never come back. The greatest analogy I've heard about Ryan Day's tenure as head coach is that he is a bully. When Ohio State comes out and gets up early and gets up big, they fucking pummel you into the dirt. But if you come back and you punch them in the mouth, they fold every yes, single I'm... time without fail. He's a soft coach, dude. I mean, like, like that's like it's it sounds like over like I hate to sound like a fucking Twitter reply guy called like you know uh, <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers nineteen ninety one yeah or like or a guy who's named like Cavs Buckeyes or something like that. Yes. <laughs> but uh but like you know he really does like like you can see the anxiety on his face in every game like yes. you can look at him you can visibly see him shitting his pants and panicking in a way that's like i know a lot of people who get called not clutch or whatever in sports like that there are very few people you can actually watch in real time in their head melting down i, I made this joke on twitter but like we we went from the fucking like insane freakazoid Urban Meyer lizard brain like you know Trump Republican weirdo who like thought about football as like actual warfare and it was like you know his dad gets him to think he was a Navy SEAL when he was coaching a football game to now having like the fucking Clonopin Club out here like it, like like you know like he looks like he needs a Xanax after every game even games they win he like shits his pants and he every answer is so calculated everything he does he's like thinking about what the opponent's reaction to him thinking this is, and then the, what's the next move to that? It's like everything he does is so overcalculated and overdone. It's infuriating. Like, he cannot just be, like, he can't be fucking normal, dude. He cannot be normal. I feel like a lot of that comes down to, like, him ne- never been being a head coach before, like, at any real yeah. level, right? Like, even if you put fucking high school games or, or, like, D2 games, like, at some point you get to a point where you are who you are, Right. And you don't, you're not worried about, um, you know, what, you know, the Epic boys online are going to say about your, your performance. You're not going to worried about, you know, what the athletic has to say uh, about your quarterback play or anything like that. You're just focused on winning the game. And I think it comes down to not trusting people, right? Like if you are on the sideline shitting your pants, you clearly don't trust the guys that are on the field or, or the guys that are making the other calls, the defensive calls for you. And that's why, you know, when you know he had called the defense or bit had his hands in the defense a couple of years ago, that was infuriating. But like that's just who he is, and like again, like it, it can't be an easy job. But like it, it's not for everybody, and they need yeah. to go and get out, go out and get somebody who is built for the job, who is going to take things seriously. Like so, I think like it was Matt Rules 
coaching press conference, he said like straight up, like he knows his audience, right? Like he said, we're not going to be a flashy, um, you know, modern offense team. We're going to be a physical team. And he knows what the people like want. And like, that's where Ryan Day doesn't understand his audience because he knows his fans really only give give a shit about like one game and one game only. If we yeah. could, lose, if we went fucking one and eleven and won that one game against Michigan, we'd consider that season pretty fucking good. Well, you know, I would still want him fired, me, but, but like, <laughs> us, we would want him fired. But like Jim Trussell is beloved in the state of Ohio, right? Like Jim Trussell yeah. coached for 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 more than a decade or about a decade on the nose and won one national championship and besides that got blown out and two others and like really like and no one gives say, a shit. yeah i would say heavily underachieved in his career really do anything after i mean obviously like yeah didn't win anything really of significance after that except, except the michigan, michigan games. Games. And, yep. and that's why no one gives a shit like i i don't give a shit like that he got yeah. that he blew you could say about, about urban meyer too yeah yeah, yeah. urban meyer probably is the most underachieving coach in ohio state history yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, no, John uh, Cooper. No, John Cooper. Country, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and, and in my lifetime, which isn't yeah. that long. Yeah. Yeah. Earl Bruce also like, took the Woody Hayes machine and made it go eight and four for a decade. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, well, we'll see. Wait, um, I, I can't even say Ryan Day because I just don't think the guy's a good enough coach to win like Ohio State should. Well, like, I, I, don't, I don't think Ryan Day is a bad coach because I don't think bad coaches go 45 and five. He well, just—I don't, don't think he's a good one, though. He, he's not a good Ohio State coach. He doesn't. I don't. I don't know if it's as simple as he doesn't get it, but I, I feel like it's more like he doesn't have the traits that make people succeed at Ohio State. You have to be a fucking freak. Yeah, yeah. he's um, Lincoln Riley, dude. That's—I mean—that's who he is. Him and Lincoln yeah. Riley are the same guy. We've talked about this yeah. enough times. Like Lincoln Riley, there's—I know he is the highest winner this year, or whatever. He is not going to win a fucking playoff game in this with this roster. Like it doesn't no, matter. Like if they beat Utah, they're getting shit on. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, did they play Georgia too? That's a horrible matchup. Yeah, for that's that's gonna look like the LSU Oklahoma game in uh, twenty nineteen. That's gonna be maybe not as high scoring, but same concept. Yeah. Um, I, I like you know on Ryan Day, like I like like Ryan Day's like persona, like as like like he seems like a good guy, you know, and like I. I probably care about that more than most people. You know, I'm a, I'm a sensitive ass white boy. You know, what can I say? Um, but, but like, it just, and if he goes somewhere else, like, I'm not going to be mad if he does well. I think he, he could do well at a lot of things within football, just not this. I, I don't think. I think he'd be a great NFL, he might be a great NFL head coach, right? Like, yeah, because those guys, I can see because those guys don't need like the, the total management of, well, I think he's getting put in a pine box in the NFL. I think you let him run NFL DC. They're putting him in a locker week one. But, that, but. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could be how that I, goes. I feel like he's more of an offensive coordinator than a head coach. Well, that's what I was thinking. And, and that's where his pedigree is. And, like, yeah, like, you know, he, he probably he could get fired from this job and end up in, like, the fucking, you know, Nick Saban's, <laughs> like, rehab facility. Oh, and man. then all of a sudden, oof, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's really frustrating because, yeah, like, you know, 45 and five, but he lost the five big ones, right? Like, yeah. He- like, here's what I'd say is I can look Ryan Day in the eyes and I know he has never smashed a beer can off his head. <laughs> yeah. And, like, frankly, if you're, if that should be like a requirement to get the job at Ohio State, it's like you look at Urban Meyer, like the picture of him in college, you look at Luke Fickle in college, you got Mike Frabel in college. 
Like, come on. Those guys were bonging multiple beers a week every single week. You could you could bet your life on it. Yeah. Uh, like, this sounds insane, but, like, you know, Ryan Day was, like, he was doing, like, the Barack Obama thing about trying to impress the ethereal bisexual girl by reading uh, Nishki or whatever, whatever that quote is. Yeah. You guys the quote that I'm talking about? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's who he is. I mean, it's... You, you, like, no, it definitely is. Um, I Like, I... You, yeah. No, you're right. That's who he is. Didn't mean Ezra, to Ezra, I, I really want to talk about the one thing you brought up about if we can build a hypothetical staff around Ryan Day to win a yeah, national let's championship. Let's do playoff last then. Yeah, let's do that now. Uh let's 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 do the uh the New Hampshire plan as as Ryan Ryan coined it. Like we are mm-hmm. going to reverse engineer like we all know Ryan Day sucks, at least at this um, particular he, job, like he, if, he's not going to get fired unless they lose to Michigan again next year. And even then, I don't know if they go eleven and one next year and lose to Michigan again. I don't know. If they go three and lose to Michigan, he's done. If it's like eleven one, they lose to Michigan. Uh, I I could see it being borderline. But yeah, we're if, he, we're, if he loses to Luke Fickle, if he loses to Marcus oh, Freeman. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's over. Can you like, imagine if all three of Marcus Freeman, Luke Fickle, and, and Jim Harbaugh just like two Ohio State alums and Jim Harbaugh kick his ass? That boy's getting run out of Columbus in a heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's no chance. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about like with an eye on next year specifically, like what do we want to see next year? What do we think is realistic? Like what can be done to actually shore up this, this version of Ohio state into maybe not, maybe not even a national title, at least getting close, at least beating Michigan, going to the playoff as a big 10 champ, like getting back to that. How do we at least get back to that? Uh, I, I don't think any anything we're going to suggest is realistic because I don't think they're going to get rid of Mickey Marotti. I don't think Brian Day's going to give a play calling. I think they're probably just going to fire maybe maybe fire Tim Walton, maybe get rid of Kevin Wilson. Parker Fleming not. Be, be gone. Parker Fleming's gone. Yeah, but they're probably going to make some minor little change and say, "Oh, we fixed the problem again." No, no, you didn't. Well, I this think, is. Yeah, I think personally, they need to get rid of Kevin Wilson, hire a real tight end coach, get rid of Parker Fleming. Um, Get rid of Tim Walton. I liked the hire at the time, but I was I was very wrong about him. Yeah, I was um, out on him. I was a hater on him immediately. They got to get a they, they got to move part, they got to move Perry Eliano to corners, uh, which yes, yes. Perry Eliano, who just developed Sauce Gardner, who's the best cornerback in the NFL, and Kobe. Yeah, that, that's a little far. That's a little far. But he's no NFL there. talk. Come on, let's let's talk, we're talking about real sports. We're not talking about yeah. But bringing that guy in to coach safeties and some random NFL bum, Tim Walton, to coach corners was certifiably insane. And like, because Jalen Ramsey said he's a nice boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jalen Ramsey said says he's he's nice with it. Um. So yeah, whatever. Uh, also, yeah, I mean, like he never had a fucking good def- pass defense in the NFL. That's the part that drives me insane. It's like Ramsey <laughs> literally <laughs> was just like Jeff, Jalen Ramsey. Did Jeff Halfley have a good pass defense in the NFL? Before we heard um, him. I don't know, but I don't even think Jeff Halfley, like, I mean, my, my, you know my critiques of Jeff Halfley. I think he just had Jeff Okuda and Chase Young in the same team. That was my opinion of him. Pretty like, good strategy. They should try that again. But I mean, yeah, I don't think, fair, but, but I mean, to, to be fair, like the year before, like Okuda wasn't very good. He wasn't coaching corners. Yeah. Well, I, 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 don't know. Asked, I thought he did. I thought he helped with corners, but I could be wrong because that was. Four or five years ago, he did help with the DB. Yeah, who who was with him? Was it Matt Barnes below him? I love no, Matt special teams. Greg Madison was there, which was kind of Greg Madison was Greg there. Linebacker. There's a second secondary coach though. I don't remember who it was. You're right. Actually, I'd... I'm gonna pull it up. 
Dang, what I can't it? believe I forgot that. That might be like the first like Ohio State coaching staff thing I forgot. Yeah, in my let's see. Life. It, was, it was Al Washington, Greg Madison, Larry Johnson, Jeff Halfley. And did he they was, not have. He was DB. He was co DC and DB. Okay. Was there another DB coach or no? Uh, I th- I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had five defensive assistants, which is very dumb, but whatever. Well, that was before the 10th assistant got added, too. So uh, nine yeah. you're, right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, like, yeah, damn. I, I thought they were, they were t- Matt, Matt Barnes is an assistant secondary, but he was special team slash assistant secondary. Yeah, yeah, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is with him. Yeah, okay. That's that's right. He was on the staff full time, though. Um, he I hate him, too, but I'll get, I'll get away from that. Uh, anyway, yeah, look. What I would say on the defensive side of the football – Yes, generally you have to fire Tim Walton. I think you you have a former uh, American Football Coaching Association Assistant of the Year finalist and Macarrary on staff as an analyst who has worked with Jim Knowles and coordinated a couple top twenty defenses. Just bring him into coach safety. It's what he does anyway. Uh, you probably need to bring in a fifth defensive assistant. I would say someone to work on the front seven and work on the D line with Larry because either Larry is going to retire, or he's going to retire in a couple years. Um, the names that have been thrown around for that are, are, are I have not been very fond of the names thrown around. I think Randall Joyner is the most popular one. I think his Ole Miss defensive line sucked this year. I think he's been pretty hit or miss in previous years. He is, has some upside, but, but I don't think is like a guy that I would say it would improve on Larry right now. So I would not force Larry to retire in order to bring in Randall Joyner. Um, not to say I wouldn't replace Larry. I don't know. I mean, Chris Partridge at Pitt is the guy that is the dream guy. If you can go get Chris Parcher to Pitt, that's the fucking dream. Um, we've we've got reason to believe he may have interest in the job. Yeah, our buddy Jack has been uh, has been DMing him, which is which is very funny. I also <laughs> I have some people close to Chris just from my time covering Pitt a lifetime ago. I can maybe reach out and see what's up there. Yeah, but, just put a feeler out there. Yeah, you know what? Ryan Day's not making a good hire. Come on, look at us doing this fucking job for him, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Harbaugh got this this ultimatum maybe in 2019 when he or basically whenever he fired Don Brown, essentially like he got told by somebody like this is it right like you got one more chance at this thing, go build a staff. This is where you approach Ryan Day and say like listen money's no object go get any assistant or any any staff that you want like. Yeah, but you get Elijah it, Robinson, right? Like, who can go get anybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I have one guy. I don't know if it's been mentioned, but I don't know. Like, the Miss, whoever was Mississippi State's defensive line coach in like the late 2000 to 2010s, because they produced Chris Jones, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons. Like, there's one other really good player that Mississippi State produced. I don't know who was our defensive line coach then. Maybe I don't. I don't remember it offhand, but like, if they're making, because I know Chris Jones and Montez Sweat were pretty high recruits. Same with Jeffrey Simmons. So like they recruited well, they developed well. So I, I don't know who that was. I'm just I just remember that offhand. That's a good um, question. Also yeah. would have been a Dan Mullen guy, right? So it would have been uh, someone with an urban connection at least. There you so go. Somewhere. We love we love incest here. Um, <laughs> it's our favorite thing. Um, yeah, defense, defense. Get get Tim Walton out of there would be my ideal. Move Perry Eliano over. Uh, the Mac. I I don't know how to say his fucking last name. That guy. Um, I, I know of him, so he must be good. Um, and then linebackers, you know, Knowles, whatever, DL. I, I don't think you can just straight up fire Larry Johnson, um, but I would not be sad to see him go at this point. Uh, if he wants to stick around and be an analyst, I think that'd be great for the program, having that sort of 
old man experience around that old man wisdom would be cool. Yeah, like, yeah. Offensively, obviously Kevin Wilson has to go. He's a bum. He's lazy as hell. His unit sucks. Um, uh, that, that goes without question, in my opinion. Tony Alford, fine, in my opinion. Uh, Travion Henderson's del- development has been disappointing, but given how Mayan looked before his injury and Chip uh, coming off cold looked actually pretty damn good, and then Hayden, I, I think that's tough to play on Alford, you know? I will say, I, I am putting in Tony. Tony is officially on notice. I've been very generous to him for the year. Like, we're, like, we're keeping an eye on him. Um, well, it's also yeah. like in the recruiting too, right? Like you didn't bring in any of the big boys that, that we thought we had a chance at because of Tony Alford, like that. Yeah, that's- look, after a certain point in time, they're going to keep saying about him that he like, Oh, like they were really, you know, great with, um, you know, Mark Fletcher or whatever. And they trusted him the whole way. And like, Oh, they were really hot. Like they really thought they were going to get Jalen Knight. And they like, like B. John Robinson told him he was coming. If you get like your information on your recruits wrong every year, and you consistently believe your landing guys, you're not going to land, and they're lying to you, and you're like basically getting caught on it. it sorry, you're fucking up, dude. Like, <laughs> like we were supposedly, you know, sniffing around Richard Young for a while. Like, I know people that were close to Richard Young that thought like Ohio State was was really in there, and like again, like that's just somebody who's not doing their job to their fullest capability, right? Like at some point, like it's like a bad sales rep, right? Like. You've got great pipeline, but when it comes to execution, you, you don't close. And like yep. at the end of the day, like it's a closing business and it's a what have you done for me lately business. And like Ryan, I figured out who it was. It's Brian Baker. He's a current coach of the, I think it says he's the Colts under Frank Reich, but he might be gone now. Oh, he, he the Colts under Jeff Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> From 2016 to 2018, he was defensive line coach for Mississippi State when they, when um, Chris Jones got drafted. And he helped produce um, what's his name, Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, I. But I think what I give him a feeler because what I am that's one name that comes to mind for me. It seems like Ron Burton may have recruited some of those guys. I think he might have recruited Montez Sweat. Um, But he developed um, them. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, This is interesting though. Um, hmm. Yeah, we'll 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 get into it. Um, He is. Let's see. Ron Burton is currently the defensive line coach at Miami of Ohio. So maybe we don't need him too much. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I don't know if we're going to be plucking that guy away too soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, I oh, watched- interesting. No, sorry, he he recruited Montez Sweat to Michigan State before before he transferred to Mississippi State. Uh, my bad. I had no idea Montez Sweat was at Michigan State. And people forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people, people really real ones know. Real ones know that. Um, yeah, I think offensively, I think I'm mostly fine with the assistance there, except for Kevin Wilson. I think the only solution, um, if Ryan Day is going to be a, the head coach, is for him to not call the plays. Short of that, like I don't really think anything else is in need of dire change, and nothing, uh, any adjustment smaller than that, I don't think is going to fix the problem. Like that's it. Like whatever, whatever ability he has to be a game manager as a coach. Um, and I don't think it's a lot, but whatever it is won't be unlocked if he's still calling the plays and it goes vice versa. Like uh, the play, like the play calling will not be great if he also has to manage the games. Like very, very few guys can do both at the same time. And this guy is definitely not one of them. So ideally he would be, he would be an offensive coordinator here under like Mike Vrabel as the head coach. 
but uh, that's not going to happen. happen. So, and, right. Like, so, like, my, my, like, my thing is, is, like, the greatest college football coach of all time, I don't care what anyone fucking says, is Nick Saban. He does not call plays. No. Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't think he ever I don't think he ever has at Alabama. No. Yeah. He's, it's, he's a defensive back guy, too. So, like, I mean, like, so here's, here's my point. I think at some point you're going to have to promote in name only, potentially, Brian Hartline. Like, I, I think at some point he's going to ask for that offensive coordinator title. Um, or you're going to have to give it to him because somebody's going to ask him about the offense. I think I'm going to ask him at some point to teach some receivers to block. How about I, I think I think he needs to teach some guys to do more than just catch the football. To happen. Um. <laughs> I'm not putting Brian Hartline on notice. I'm not. I'm not complaining. No, I'm just saying, like it's legit. Like the the receivers couldn't block this year, and they could block. That, that's like, why the bubble the bubble screens never worked. Yeah. yeah. They don't work when when you're playing against like you know guys that are rushing your guys in, in wide receivers that aren't willing to block. Like, which is weird because Brian Hartline used to say that like if you can't block, you can't play. Yeah, if you ask me to drop my perfect staff, we were just doing it this way just to kind of recap a little bit. Yeah, I don't think I need to move on from Corey Dennis. I understand the complaints about him, but I think he's doing fine. Uh, Justin Fry, I would not. I think he's doing okay. I think he's doing just fine on the O line. I would not necessarily. I, I the offensive line like played decently for the most part. I think like, the yeah. main thing was that why they look bad because Matt Jones is playing hurt. Like yeah, but like after he the does. bye week, I, I think like half of the run plays that got blown was because Matt Jones just got fucking whipped because he was playing on a bum ankle. And also, Donovan Jackson kind of sucked all season. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a disappointment. He's I'll say this, hell, right? Uh, yeah, presumably he goes to right tackle when Dewan goes to go be a fifth round pick and never play in the NFL. <laughs> um, I guess he'll move out there. I'm praying Paris comes back. I, I don't think he's he's. I mean, I don't know if he will or not. He's, uh, the case. He's, he's going to be a first round pick. He's going to go. But the but the kid from Penn State's coming back too, right? For Shanu or whatever, yeah. is, is, which is kind of fascinating. He is good. to leave, right? Like I, is, I, 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 I think for Shanu would start on this team easy. Also, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Oh, definitely. I don't know how much like this matters to Paris, but does he want to be like the one class of Ohio State player? Hopefully, one class of Ohio State players that never beats Michigan. Like, it, I mean, he's from Ohio. I don't know if that stuff matters to him. Who knows? He might just want a bag, which you know, understandably so. Yeah. Um, but that, that I mean, Wilson's coming back. Donovan's coming back. Uh, I hope Paris is coming back. Either way, you think Whipler's coming, coming back? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he might, he might be he might be the first center off the board this year. I don't he's, know, dude. He's undersized. I've heard this. Michigan guy's better, isn't he? Yes, he's old also old. He's, he's old as shit, though. Mm. Whipler, conversely, is like pretty young and also very undersized, in my opinion. Um, the thing is, though, is, is he going to get bigger, like stronger, another year under Mickey Mirati? Yeah, probably not. Fair enough. He's also um, the ideal. He's also the ideal zone center since like half the NFL is fucking copying uh, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan system. Yeah, yeah. I guess we're in the minutia here. What I'm saying, regardless, is he's going to need. Remember, even if like three of these guys come back or four of these guys come back, uh, nothing I've seen from the backups makes me very confident he is going to need to hit the portal for a starter portal. this year. But that's I'm getting besides the point here. Basically, yeah. I'm keeping Justin Fry. I'm keeping Corey Dennis. I'm keeping Brian Hartline. Uh, I am firing Kevin Wilson for sure. Yep. Uh, and what I am bringing in. Do? Yeah. What does he do? No one knows. I'm bringing in a combination tight end special teams coach. Um, Who could teach kids how to block? Because Kevin Wilson did not teach Kate Silver how to block at all. Yeah. I, I he, guess he did last year. The, the tight ends were awful at blocking last year. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He stinks. Sorry to uh, cut off your flow, but yeah. 
No, no, we're good. We're good. So quarterback, that gives me quarterback, wide receiver, tight ends. Specials. I'm keeping, I'm keeping Tony uh, O-line. So I guess, I'm, I guess I'm going six offensive assistants too. Am I a fucking A? Quarterback, running back. Maybe I would fire Corey Dennis. We're going to real OC. I don't know. One of these guys is getting cut. I'd say one of uh, Tony Elford or Corey Dennis is going to have to get cut um, because I'm going to need to bring in a real OC as well to call the plays and take one of those positions. Um, defensive line, I'll keep Larry if he wants to stay for another year, but you have to bring in a second D-line coach. Um, I think Jim Knowles at linebacker in D.C. is fine. I am firing Tim Walton and bringing in Perry Eliana or bringing in Perry Eliana at corners and McIlary at safeties. Uh, has to happen. That one's so obvious. Um, obviously, I'm fine Mickey Marathi. I am basically calling up Tom Barry and Josh Bryant, who are respectively the heads of uh, Westside Barbell and Jailhouse Strong, and ask them who they think the best sports-specific football co- strength coaches in the country are, um, and getting their getting their list and hiring one of those guys. Uh, who do they think is working well? Who's consulted with them? They think is sharp. Give me that list. Go interview those guys. Hire one. That's that's the fucking way you do it. Um, so it's so embarrassing. Like I know, like I'm not the expert on this, but like those guys are so close to camp. It like I, like I don't get how we're in the yeah, fucking stone age. Like it, it's ridiculous um, that that they're just that they're still pulling tires and shit. And like they're like if you go and watch like this is a tangent a little bit, but if you go and watch like Adrian Peterson talk about this stuff, like. 10 years ago, like he talks about how most of the stuff that like, you know, running laps, I don't know if they run laps anymore, but that's just an example. Like a lot of this traditional football workout stuff that nonsense coaches, like it just doesn't help football players at all. It's just useless. It doesn't help. Um, and, and this has been known for a while. And I, I think, you know, Mick Marotti deserves credit for uh, the role. What he's, he's done, in, what he's done in the past. Yeah. And also just sort of the stable transfer to the urban era. I think, I think he helped in that, but what he's doing now is just stone age Dude, shit. And he had one of his assistants giving an interview saying that he, uh, that they do twice as much pulling work as pushing work. And, and oh for, my. Can you just think about that? When do you pull in football? When do you pull somebody in football? Yeah. yeah. And obviously there's like, there are reasons to be doing pulling work. It's, it's great for hamstring development. It's great for lat development. There's a lot of things you do that requires pulling work. The idea that you're doing twice as much in your programming is for beyond football. for football. It is beyond insane. Uh, they also, he, he, there's a, there's an manual out here. This one's admittedly quite a few years old, but there's an interview of him talking about how he prefers manual resistance in the weight room, which basically means like if you're doing a bench press, one of your teammates will like put their hands on the bar to make you struggle more against it because it replicates the feeling of struggling against another football player. It's insane. It's like shit like that. He's saying it's yeah. like it's just unscientific, like, like completely like yes. unscientific. You're yeah. I man, it's just it's it, and especially like I, I I brought it up at the beginning, like the McMurati stuff because. You got Luke Fickles bringing his strength coach to to Wisconsin, saying like yep. strength guy yep. is my number one guy. Like he's why we win games. Michigan. And I don't know if, but really quick, sorry, to, I'm not cutting you off. I'm sorry to cut you off. But if, if you, I don't know if you watched that game against Tulane. In the first quarter of that broadcast, they said his two starting defensive tackles both squat over 700 pounds. Yep. Uh, just yeah, anyway, keep going, keep going. But yeah, yeah so, but then Jim Harbaugh post game says like his strength coach is the reason they win the games. He and knew if, what he was doing with that. He was basically calling Mickey Marotti dog shit. Like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's right. I have a quick question, and this is maybe more for the the offensive 
heads here, like the O-line folks, uh, Zach. Uh, <laughs> um, this is a question more around, like, maybe are some of the concerns with the run game and, and ability to collect? I think they ran well on Saturday, by the way. I saw the fucking same side sweep bullshit. Except, yeah, except for the sh- shotgun pitch play, which sucks ass. In, in general, too, like, I thought they did well this year, but, like, I feel like I saw at least one time, like, a d- backside defensive end that just clamped down and, like, completely, you know, swallowed up a run in the backfield, like, more than once this week. Like, how much of that improves overnight, like, when you get a quarterback who actually is, like, doing his own read? Or, like, why why aren't you redesigning the, the run game to accommodate for a guy who – Physically, has has demonstrated on on multiple occasions that he is not willing to run the. It's football. because he doesn't understand his offense. His offense is an amalgamation of plays that he basically has like scrapped together from different guys' playbooks. He thought looked cool, and he yeah. did, like he doesn't really understand any core concepts. I think of what he there's no there's no theme of what he's trying to do. He's not trying like, to set something. Like, up. I I don't disagree because like what is his bread and butter play? Like what pl- what what play does like yeah. he go to? He doesn't. Remember, he never, yeah, because like, even when he twenty nineteen. In, in 2019, it was mid zone or and bash with Fields and yeah. Dobbins. There's this year. It's like, what was our go to play? Throw up the Marvin stretch, Harrison. Stretch for a lot of the early part of the season. Stretch, but like, stretch to the boundary. And the, in the yeah, early season, it worked a lot. Then I don't know what the fuck happened. Plant route or like an in from from Marv. Like those we don't throw the- short routes besides yeah. bubbles. It's it's very frustrating because there's just like so many things that he's not developing that like wouldn't make the offense more cohesive. Like whether you, you look at it as like. Like the like, run game, and, the run game, the pass game doesn't mirror. No, of it course doesn't. not. Like, and, and how many times do we complain about like, hey, you like your RPOs? Like, you know, you don't need to have just one RPO route, right? You can run glance. You can run. You can run different things here. Like, you can add a, an RPO bubble. Like, there are so many different ways you can create. You can you throw downfield RPOs because they never call it illegal man downfield penalties anymore. Right, hundred percent. Which Michigan knows from experience. Like the entire premise of the Wake Forest offense, right there, right, like that. Uh, the yeah. delayed RPO thing, like yeah, but, but John. Going back to your question about the the uh, defensive end, like it's a bit of both because honestly, you don't even need a running quarterback to like be able to hold the backside edge if you like throw throw the threat of boot play action, which Ohio State does not do. Yeah, right. Ryan Day, I think you need to have a running quarterback to do that because otherwise he'll just leave the backside the end open and have like the, the Pikachu shocked face JPEG when the backside the end doesn't care about his quarterback and goes and runs down the running back in the backfield. It's it's mind boggling because if you don't have a running quarterback and you're trying to equate numbers in the run game, RPO one of the backers or a secondary level player. Don't yeah. leave the backside the end unblocked because if your quarterback's a bitch and is afraid to get hit and afraid to run the ball. He's not going to respect the run game, the quarterback run threat. It's, oh, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. It makes those. I mean, like, it just comes back to the larger point of, like, when you look at his refusal to develop any of these things, any of these other beliefs, or even just an NFL-style running game that isn't dependent, like, largely on a quarterback run system, he just doesn't have any interest in learning that stuff. He doesn't, like, he's not a, cre- he's not a curious mind. Like, like that sounds like such a, a basic thing to say, but like Ryan Day is not a pro, a person who's proactively trying to solve problems with his football team. He just is like the most reactive little fucking, you know, mat, a rat in a maze the fucking all the time. Like just chasing some cheese. He has no idea what he's doing. He's just bouncing from fucking wall to wall with no answers. I'm, I'm halfway convinced that the reason he took the offense off the field to call the punt is because everyone was like, oh, remember how sick it was when he called the fake punt in 2019 against Wisconsin? Like, 
like because he's he has been reacting to posts like all year. Like I, I, he's had what four or five different assistants in his program giving like basically direct responses to my tweets, like and and like either their own tweets or press. It's insane. Like he has his assistants like following. Yeah. I'm not. I'm gonna sound delusional when I say this, but like you know Brian Hartline, he watched two of his first. He watched his like you know two of his best players ever have an amazing NFL combine instead of like being happy and celebrating for their guys. He was like. Tweeting about, oh, looks like McMurray isn't so bad after all, huh? Like that's yeah. your like, like you're you're watching two of your guys come make millions of dollars for performance, and you're like getting mad at like what a blogger said about about your strength coach, like that's does, the, uh, strength coach who does suck. So like, like these, like, these yeah. guys, they read like they are name searchers. They are reading the criticism. Ryan Day did his whole like the, he's probably run show much of short yardage this year because he wanted to prove he was actually tough. Jim Harbaugh, oh, absolutely. And like, you know well, what happens when you do that? You don't develop. You don't get reps in your short yardage passing game, which, by the way, sucked. Fourth and two. Yeah. Fourth and two to Kate Stover. Two. Yeah. Um, so the thing too is like, you know, sometimes being a reactive head coach isn't the worst thing, but it's like when you're the only guy on offense, which is consistently like an area of the sport that is always developing, right? Like. Nick Saban is notoriously reactive, right? Like he's bringing in analysts because they beat him, you know, like he He knows the meta, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So, but like, you know, when, when you're, when you're both a reactive, when you're uh, an offensive head coach and you're reactive, like it's just a really bad combination because you're never going to be on that breaking wave. Your panel, your, 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 your backbone is always going to be like, well, shit, like we've got more talent than, the other guys on the field. So like 80% of the time, 90% of the time, this shit's going to work, you know, um, just, just, just getting back to the run game point again, because it's the more I thought about the more it just boggled my mind because CJ Stroud to me, compared, reminds me a lot of Mac Jones in terms of that. He reads the feed. Re, he has good eyes. He reads the feed. Well, and he has a fast release. gets the ball out quick. And they refused to run RPOs with him. Whereas with Alabama with Mac Jones, they fucking spammed RPOs. That's the only, that's like the only play half, they ran. Like, yeah. like half of their running half of their run plays were literally just RPOs. And it it just boggles my mind that Ryan Day, the offensive guru with a quarterback who, even though he's decently athletic, is doesn't want to run, doesn't want to get hit, is trying to equate numbers in the run game by leaving the backside the end unblocked and quasi reading him in quotations, instead of just Blocking the backside, the end, reading one of the linebackers or a safety piece in the box, and then RPOing him. It, it, like I, I genuinely have no idea why. Like I genuinely cannot have a single rational thought besides the guy just has a bunch of random plays in his playbook he calls that he picked up somewhere. Like Ryan said, it just genuinely does not make sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you guys want to do the playoff talk real quick before we get out of here? And just kind of get a yeah. few minutes on this. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about because I think Jordan's going to wax everyone. Well, just us in the playoff. I My sort of take is if USC loses, there's 100% chance that Ohio State's getting in. Um, if TCU, TCU it's, it's loses... It's a coin toss. It's I, a coin toss. I, I, I think they put Ohio TCU State. in. I, I think they, Ohio State, but I, I don't think any team feels comfortable on Saturday. I mean, on yeah. Saturday. They're they're 100% what they're going to do is they're going to refer to the game control statistic, which they only bring up whenever they want to put Ohio State in the playoffs. And they're going to they're going to point out how many times TCU played from behind during the season. And, you know, yada, yada. They basically got beat by Kansas State and should have got beat by them twice. And Ohio State has a much better win with uh, with Penn State uh, or whatever or something like they're going to say some shit like that. And uh, they're going to leave TCU out. I, I would almost bet on it because it's. 
bad vibes and TCU would definitely deserve to be in. Uh, but 100% they're going to pick Ohio State versus Georgia Although and USC. That, that, that would be hilarious, though, if TCU get, got, like, had an army in the playoffs and, get, and got snubbed by Ohio State again. You know what would oh, be yeah, even funnier? What would make it even funnier is... It's if Ohio State won it all. That, well, that would, yeah, that that would be peak content. No, I'm not going to lie. The funniest part about the TCU scenario is that in 2014, they didn't get in because they didn't have a conference title game. And this, and time, this year they, they didn't get in because they because lost they it. A <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this is the best way it goes, guys. This That's the official... Me, me personally, I, I want us in the playoffs just because either Ryan, either we get absolutely ass-blasted again and like the Ryan Day yeah. is, a, is a loser agenda gets, gets furthered. Or they it somehow is. just just win win a game or fucking win it all somehow. I think it's, the there's, there's probably a less than one percent chance that happens, but I will happily about Ryan Day. I will happily be wrong if he wins a national championship. Yeah. First of all, he's not off my shit list. I'm gonna I'm gonna claim this territory right now exclusively on the QB Draw podcast. That if Ryan Day wins a national championship, I still think he's a fraud. Uh, However, man, damn, like you're on the, the, the Ryan days of fraud podcast. Like, damn, I'll <laughs> just all of a sudden be like, well, yeah, shit. He's still a fraud. Like somebody's got a cave. I'll cave. Fuck it, man. Like I'm championship. I, you know, he, Oh my God. Could you imagine if they lost to Michigan in the national championship game? I, I don't want to talk. Did, about honestly, that. they would fire him. I really think they would fire him I, after I, that. I, yeah. 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 yeah, um, that would be too brutal. Before before we uh, leave, unless you guys are dying for time, do you want to talk? I'm over here. Do you want to talk real quick about the quarterbacks next year? No. I think Kyle McCord's a stiff, to be honest. I agree. I, I think I, I think Devin Brown's starting. I hope Brown starts because if Kyle McCord starts, I think he's just a worse version of Stroud. Yeah, I I am worried about. I I think Devin uh, Devin Brown's the much better quarterback, especially because. Uh, in this context, because we all know he can use his legs, um, I'm scared that uh, Day will start uh, McCord because he's addicted to one experience in practice reps, and two, it's just the safe pick. And when he, has he not made the safe pick? Um, mm. But I, I really do hope it's Brown. I think Brown it makes this team ceiling a lot higher than McCord does. Devin Brown's a competitor. That's right. That's that sounds like such football guy bullshit. But I, I, like I want to see a quarterback with some fucking fight, like. Yelling and shit. Well, like the De- yeah. Devin Brown was like pissed off that uh, Ewers transferred because he wanted to compete with him. Yeah, that, that's, that's the guy I want leading my football team. Yeah. Kyle McCord's a loser. I'm sorry. I, I think he's probably gonna end up starting, but he's a loser. I can just I can smell it off of him. Uh, yeah, I don't well, like again, him. Like- he what, what about the, what about the McCord to Marvin connection, dude, from high school? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. dude. Did they go to the same high school? Yeah, yeah St. Joe's Prep in, in uh, Philly. Yeah. Damn, maybe I'll be able to hit, find him on uh, more than you know twice in the in the biggest <laughs> game next year. Uh, oh, well. well, fellas, I think that's gonna pretty much wrap it up, right? Like, uh, uh, does anybody else have any any other burning thoughts? I know Ryan, it's fucking four a.m. probably where the hell you are, but uh, yeah, it's it's hitting midnight here, and I still gotta I gotta help a damn email out for a coworker. I gotta I gotta revise an email tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we got this big boy job bullshit. Just sending emails that's and doing all. spreadsheets. Thanks um, that's all, that's all for, about. for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate it, and we'll have to have you guys on. Ryan, aren't you in Argentina? Yeah. It, it's three hours ahead there? Two hours ahead. Two hours ahead? Fair enough. Do you guys do daylight savings? Nope. No, no. 
makes sense then. Are you asking yeah, for my longitude and latitude? I feel like I'm about to get put into an SCIA thing. <laughs> yeah, what's your Right. Can you show us a picture of your house real quick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys can see the stairs right here. That's all That's all you're seeing. You got my staircase. We could like reverse image triangulate that. Yes. Easily. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's over for uh for the man known as Big Ten, it's right? It's over. Um, <laughs> I will say if if the Buckeyes come back and win the national championship, I will be the – I'm generally – I've staked this out positions out before. I don't really talk shit after a win very often. I kind of like to talk shit ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It's more fun for me. If we all, all, win – All the losers talk shit after. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Uh, but if, if we were to beat Michigan in the national championship, the – the filth I would be saying on Twitter to oh. a, a certain oh. a certain group of bloggers and, and podcasters, the the absolute scenes we would have on our website would be, be after that. I'd be oh, found yeah. in, in Midtown Atlanta on the street. Uh, if we, I'm gonna back. be I'm gonna be sending what happened videos from the Obelisco on Buenos Aires. I'm gonna get all my friends to come we'll celebrate. Hire James Diraz for the pod. <laughs> I'm I'm running down to the Casa Rosa in Buenos Aires and I'm taking videos out front and telling the president to come meet me outside because the Buckeyes are. Oh, that, that would like like Ryan Day with this loss, like uh, he has opened the door ever so slightly. And look, I I think Ohio State is about a coin flip to get into the playoff at this point, and obviously worse than that to win the national championship. Uh, a lot worse than that, I should say. But if it somehow does happen, like that would be the most. It would be so, fu- especially if it's Michigan, the national title game. Like Dude, that would, I would. It's like, the most watched game ever. It's the most watched game ever. Oh, by far, yeah, easily. yeah. Like, could well, you? Imagine- I'd, I'd have zero confidence going in. Not gonna lie. I, no, honestly, that would, that's what would make it fucking cool. Being an underdog for like the first time in that guy's like career outside. That's of that the only times game. we win titles. This is what like, Gus no, always talks about. This, yeah, like getting blown out by Michigan and coming back to win a national championship. Would be absolute storybook shit. Like that is like they Ohio State can only win titles in seasons where it's not supposed to. And obviously yeah. they were supposed to win in one of this year and they'd be good enough to do it. Not supposed to necessarily, but like we're favored to do so. And it was like us, it was like us and Bam in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. And then like to, to come all the way back to this point where they were as of the right after the Michigan game, their title odds dropped to fifty to one. To go from fifty to one, basically, you know, uh, two games out from the title game and win the whole fucking thing. Two percent to number two, I think, is what they they call that one. Is that yeah. the, that's yeah. the uh, the Michigan one? Oh man, Who's it's, got not gonna, it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. But the content would be peak. Oh yeah, yeah. Be beautiful. Stay here, stay here to listen for that for that post pod. We'll have you guys back. Oh, yeah. on. I will be nude online if that. I mean, come on, <laughs> you you cannot stop me if that happens after the way I have been tarnished and trash talked this season from. Yes. Including some calls from inside the house, which I'll, I'll leave it at that. There's yes. going to be some. Uh, there's going to be some absolute content online that will be uh, explosive to see. Uh, well, hopefully we get that. Um, more than likely, we're waiting another year. Uh, hopefully, Ryan Day can get his shit together. We'll probably and, wait uh, until he's fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we'll beat him next year. Maybe I'm just delusional, but oh, there's I no way in hell we're beating them next year. They're, they're, next year's their year. Be, 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 
Eford, they returned almost their entire offense besides their offensive line, which they well, just leaving good players. But they, they, they just breed out new fucking breeds of offensive linemen every year now because of Sean Marone, I think, is there. Yeah, he's a he's a. I hope he gets someone poaches him because that dude is. He's, a he's being looked at for Cincy. Well, I, hope they, I hope they get him because he's a monster. That would be that'd be great. I would love well, that. They, they, had the, they had the Joe Moore, they, had, they had the best offensive line. They won the Joe Moore Award, and they're going to win it again this year. They should. Yeah, fifth pogey, man. And, in the and they're going to win it. They're going to win it this year. But we, but they had zero rushing yards well into the game, and Ryan Day could not fucking capitalize on that. Yeah, yeah they had, if you would have told me Michigan had one rushing guard at halftime, I would have thought the game would have been over. Yeah, yep. dude. I, should have been. Should I can't. Stats, I'm going to post it. I don't know the exact stats, but I believe in the last two years combined in the second half, uh, Michigan has outrushed Ohio State from like 458 to 53 in the second half. Yeah, it's yeah. monstrous um, like that. Dude, I'm yeah. going to get so mad again. Uh, yeah, we got we got to end the pod. I think they've also outscored us 58 to 17. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something that's on the podcast. Yeah. Let's right. do the podcast. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Uh, fuck Ryan Day. Yeah. Fuck Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. Fuck Michigan.